0: And thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host, Rebecca, and of course, my wonderful sidekick, Edith. Now, today, I want to talk about unconditional permission to eat. This was sparked from a conversation I had just recently with somebody who said, Yeah, well, I give myself unconditional permission to eat, but then in the next sentence labeled a certain food as being good. Now, you cannot be giving yourself unconditional permission to eat if you are holding food labels and descriptions or giving certain food moral value. So this presented an amazing opportunity, of course, to go through unconditional permission to eat and what better place to do it? on the podcast now what is unconditional permission to eat it's honoring your health aligning your food choices to your values it allows you to tune into hunger signals connect with your fullness and if you've listened to previous podcasts you'll know those who have chronically dieted and i categorize people now over the age of 30 who have likely chronically dieted you you'll know from the Previous episodes that actually chronic dieting leads to dysfunction with the ACC and the insula, two parts of our brain that register fullness and hunger. So if you've come out of dieting and you're just now saying to yourself, oh, I'm just going to go flexible dieting and i am giving myself unconditional permission to eat. You've got to retrain the ACC and the insula with mindfulness in terms of mindful behaviours with nutrition to allow you then to tune into those hunger signals and connect with your fullness. Unconditional permission to eat also looks like making food choices in line with how you want to feel and your values, therefore responding to emotions and not reacting. And we know if we suffer with emotional dysregulation or emotional eating, we can be very reactive towards our emotions and that can sometimes be led towards nutrition. So choosing food that allows you to check in with your emotions, be aware of how you're feeling, and then drive with intent of your action is unconditional permission to eat. Because on the surface, you could be reacting to food and eating chocolate, or you could be responding to food and eating chocolate, but the eating behavior looks pretty much the same, but it's the intent behind it, which then can either exacerbate guilt, shame, the former, or have like compassion and nourishment, the latter. It also allows you to choose foods that make you feel good, both psychologically and physically, because um, we know from research that following a Mediterranean style diet is the one that helps us feel at absolute best. But we can't deny the fact that ultra processed food also gives a release of dopamine. So it's finding that balance between the two. And you've probably heard 80, 20. I mean, some weeks it's going to be 80, 20, some weeks it's going to be 90, 10. But what you'll notice is that perhaps sometimes you do choose the apple over the chocolate because you're choosing foods that are making you feel good in that moment. Unconditional permission to eat removes the novelty of food as well. It allows you to build trust and confidence back in yourself and your choices and it means saying yes to foods while still honouring your goals, your values and your health. It allows you to reconnect your mind and your body and with that connection to your body it looks like, as an example, ordering a pizza But eating to fullness because you can eat pizza any day of the week and it isn't just insert weekend food. Therefore, having the rest for lunch the following day or perhaps going out for a meal and opting to share a dessert because you're on a fat loss journey and that in itself, with the unconditional permission to eat, perhaps allows you to eat above your calories that one day, that one meal and not fall into dichotomous levels of thinking, all or nothing mindset, because that's where people spiral. And the reason they spiral is because they believe they're giving themselves unconditional permission to eat, but actually they still hold these descriptions, these labels, these moral values to certain food, which then increases food preoccupation, which then increases the negative thoughts and the really damaging language that we do to ourselves. Unconditional permission to eat is food freedom. It's food freedom over food preoccupation. A diet culture has instilled food preoccupation into so many people because we now do categorise food into good and bad. And what we do with that is we become very avoidant to certain foods. We try and remove them out of our house because we're, we're actively seeking fat loss as an example or actively trying to work on our health. And now we hold limiting beliefs around certain foods that we can't control ourselves around them. All of this then leads to high levels of all or nothing thinking. It leads to scarcity. It leads to fear. So if you sat there saying to yourself, yeah, I'm giving myself unconditional permission to eat, but I just don't keep biscuits in the house or chocolate in the house. That's not unconditional permission to eat. That's scarcity. That's fear. And unfortunately, we can't see the psychological battle Many people hold with food, but it's a really important part of your journey, especially when you're considering the longevity of your health and your well-being, both physically and mentally. And I say this so many times over and over again, and I will never bore of saying this, that the intent behind your actions is going to have a profound impact on weight maintenance, on health maintenance, And when we're looking at food and we're looking at unconditional permission to eat, we want to be around your favourite foods and having them when you like and moving on without shame or guilt. It's food neutrality, recognising that food is a source of energy But it's also fun. It's also memories. It's also experiences. It's also somewhat comforting. And if you struggle with emotional eating, I would recommend that you listen to the Emotional Eating podcast because you can get to a point where food can be a legitimate source of comfort. It just shouldn't be your only source of comfort. And when you do use it as a source of comfort, it should bring that wholehearted comfort, not leave you with the shadow comfort where you're empty and you're seeking more. So, as I said, Food neutrality doesn't come from food labels and you cannot be giving yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods if you label foods as good, bad, treat, cheat. The labels held in certain food then feeds a moral association to these foods which instills levels of all or nothing thinking. It becomes very much a dichotomy. The association of certain foods causes the guilt and the shame and we know from Queen Brené Brown that guilt and shame corrodes the very part of us that's capable of change and these thoughts around doing something bad which leads to a spiral of actions that do not align to your values so let's go back to the two examples that I mentioned earlier say the you're going out with your girlfriends and you're having pizza but you believe pizza is bad What you're saying to yourself is, right, it's Friday night, I'm going out, I'm having pizza. Oh, do you know what? Screw it. Might as well order a garlic bread as well. might as well order a, a glass of wine or two because this food's bad, so what's the point? then you wake up on Saturday morning and because you had a couple of glasses of wine, you're like, oh God, I was so bad last night. Oh, what's the point? I'll just start again on Monday. So then you order a McDonald's takeout for breakfast and you go and get an Indian takeaway for tea and have a tub of ice cream. So you're actually exacerbating the energy intake that you're having in terms of calories because you're holding this moral value to certain food instead of saying to yourself, well, Going out and having pizza with my girlfriends on a Friday night, even if I'm, I'm in a fat loss phase, I've got the choice here to choose all of my actions. You have complete autonomy, whereas diet culture, diet plans lead you down this narrow minded approach where you then do associate certain foods as being bad because they're quote unquote off plan. But actually going out with your girlfriends on a friday night and having a pizza should and probably does align to your values it will align to things like connection social connection memories experiences all of these things that are part of our day-to-day life and too often we put our lives on hold if we're in a fat loss phase or we go to the other end of the spectrum all or nothing So instead you go out and you have your pizza and you accept that that day you're going to go above your calories very slightly. But on Saturday, then you just wake up and you continue with your journey because you allowed yourself the pizza. You allowed yourself the connection and you recognize that that evening was about way more than pizza. And actually pizza doesn't hold a moral value because you've removed the novelty of the certain food because you've worked through the belief in which you held around this food being bad, which then led to a dichotomous thinking. And instead, actually, what can you do to help yourself on Saturday or whatever day it is after you've been out for pizza to move on with your your journey, to continue making progress and really leaning into that imperfection and knowing that actually then that way you're giving yourself the unconditional permission to eat. You're honoring your health. You're aligning your food choices to your values and you're holding multiple truths to all of your values and god forbid if you weren't in a deficit for one day what is the worst thing that's going to happen because when you have the dichotomous thinking and the association with this food is being bad actually the spiral sends you out of of a deficit for even longer and then you hit maintenance over the course of the week because actually what you did was fall into this all or nothing mindset And actually, if you just gave yourself unconditional permission to eat and go out and enjoy the pizza and understand where that moral belief came from, actually, you're likely still going to be in a deficit over the week. It's perhaps just not going to be as large. And then you've got labels of cheat or treat, which bring about the notion that you must either be earning this food or that you are doing something horrific. Now, forgive me if your partner cheated on you, would you stay? Likely not. So if you're saying to yourself, I'm going to have a cheat meal, are you going to stay in tune with your diet? No. And what is a cheat meal? Like what, what do we have to have for it to be a cheat meal? Now, forgive me. I did this for years and my cheat meal was a pizza, but actually there's no research out there that suggests that pizza is a cheat. There's no research out there that suggests pizza makes you gain but now hopefully you can see that the psychological impact that these labels, these descriptions have on us have a profound impact on our actions, not just in the moment, but later on and into following days as well. So unconditional permission to eat works with that food neutrality, where food doesn't have the moral description, but it isn't associated with with tracking calories so you may well be listening to this thinking yeah i give myself unconditional permission to eat but you're putting everything in my fitness pal and meticulously tracking your calories that's not unconditional permission to eat it's part of the process around eating intuitively whereby you're choosing foods mindfully with presence with awareness and without judgment what we see too often is Counting calories, um, counting sins, counting points and still saying to yourself, yeah, I eat everything. But actually, if you are still seeking permission from knowing the caloric content or the sin value or the point to that food, you're still asking permission from an app or from a dietary approach to eat that food. That's not unconditional permission to eat. Okay, you will need to track calories at some point and it does benefit a lot of people, but it shouldn't be something that we use forever. So with a lot of my clients, we notion away from tracking calories after they've hit their goal and we go to more intuitive eating where they are aware of their food choices with the knowledge and the understanding of certain foods. They have understanding of their values, of their goals, of how they want to show up long term. That's when you get to food neutrality and unconditional permission to eat because it doesn't have this moral weight associated with it being a number anymore. And that's what we see again with diet culture, that food is just a number for so many people now. And you've probably heard if it fits your macros thrown around, which, forgive me, is probably one of the worst things alongside keto and paleo because there's no amount of cognition put into the quality of your food, thus making your diet even harder. But it's again, choosing those uh, foods that align to your values long term and that make you feel good both psychologically and physically, not just banging things in my fitness pal to hit a calorie target. And the more you resist and restrict, the greater need for food comes which can lead to that slippery slope. And a lot of people just sit in my fitness pile for years and years and years and don't lean into food freedom and food flexibility, which then exacerbates that food preoccupation. And when you're going out perhaps more socially, then that exacerbates fear and anxiety around going out. So how should I track this? What should I be putting in? That's not unconditional permission to eat. That's not living... alignment with your values long term that's a red flag that's sort of that is very much like a a disordered eating habit so working away from that and i will give you some prompts at the end of this to help so another thing (laughs) alongside all of that on the surface you cannot be giving yourself unconditional permission to eat if you're in a fat loss phase which is why we should not spend our whole life dieting. Dieting requires restriction. So if you're in a fat loss phase, you've got to be restricting your calories. And when you're having a pizza, you'll always want that little bit more pizza. You'll always want the fries with your burger. But in a fat loss phase, there has to be some amount of compromise. You can't always eat all the pizza. You can't always have the fries with your burger, especially if you're out socially. And that's the honest truth. Again, like I've said in previous podcasts, we live in a world of excess. So we have to be mindful around our choices. Now, that said, what you can and what you should do in a fat loss phase is follow an inclusive diet and give yourself unconditional permission to choose the foods you want, based on being mindful, aware, with presence, without judgment. And this also builds on the psychological flexibility and adaptability to situations. So as an example, say you're on holiday, and you're actively choosing to be present in the moment and parking fat loss because the holiday is about so much more memories, fun, enjoyment experiences, you know, and focusing